Now we're starting. Okay, now we have started. I'm glad you didn't hear what we just said, any of you. Thank you, Lord. My, uh, my thoughts go to everybody at the church who's not here. And, and I really miss you. Really can't wait to see you. I pray that God is watching over you every day, you and your family. Mm-hmm. Praying that he's taking care of you. Thank you for those who are still trying to give. Amen. It's very important because you know, we got to have a place to come back to. Amen. So I thank God for everybody being faithful in that. And my house, my, my house, my heart goes out to House of Judah, Detroit House of Judah, Amen. praying for them and my brother and uh, all our family down there. My heart goes out to you too. I miss you too. And I can't wait to get back to you and be in your presence also. Mm-hmm. So, in saying all that, the Lord will restore. We'll be better. We'll be better, I promise. All right, let's do some Bible. Uh, Let's go to Mark chapter 7. And really now I'm just kind of just sharing my kind of my studies through the week. I really don't, you know, it's not like I'm getting, uh, hey, give the people this word. No, I'm I'm just studying the word and then, you know, stuff comes out of it and, you know, and I'll just share it if that's okay, everybody. Is that okay? All right, so here it is. Uh, Jesus left that place okay, and he went left to his the place. vicinity Go. of Tyre. I thought you said stop. No. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Okay, so here it is, Kimberly. Jesus has left for the first time. Jesus has left the area of Israel. He's left his home, the, the, the surrounding places that he usually dwells in. He's actually for the first time went to the land of the Gentiles. Right, he he he, he's come out from under uh, uh, um, his boundaries of Israel, and he's gone to this place where the Gentiles dwell. Now, in order to get to what I'm trying to, I'm going to get to in a second. We we have to look at the earlier parts in Mark seven. He just has he just has this knockdown, drag out debate with the Pharisees because the Pharisees are saying your disciples do not follow tradition. They don't wash their hands. They're not doing the cleansing things that you need to do. And Jesus goes, hey, you guys are just being silly. You know, it's not what goes uh, uh, into the man. It's what comes out of the man. It's, comes, it's, it's what the issue is. And, and, and what Jesus is speaking to is their ritual purities that they used to do as far as cleansing before you went to the temple and, and having to do all the the, the, the washing things to be considered worthy. And, and, and so when God gave these guidelines in the Old Testament, he was, he, was giving us, he was giving them guidelines on how to enter into his presence. Those things were to remind them that they need to be clean. It wasn't that it made them clean. It was to remind them that they need repentance. They had to remember that God is holy and you're really not worthy to come in here. But, you know, and, and so... They took it to the extreme, and they went, okay, you have to be pure. So much so that the Gentiles were not allowed in the inner court. They can only stay on the outer courts. And you weren't, you weren't supposed to eat with them, do, do business, much business with them, 
let alone don't lay hands on them, don't touch them, don't have conversations with them, because they are totally considered unclean. All right, so here it is. They're, they've taken those, those, those purity laws of washing and cleansing that God just meant to be mental, to mental guidelines to say, hey, you guys aren't, aren't you got to cleanse yourself, and, and, and you got to repent. But they took them to the literal piece and went, no, you have to, to stay away from everybody who's not clean. You have to follow these laws. And Jesus goes, man, you guys are missing it. It's not, it's not your outward ritualistic things you do. It's your inward Amen. things. It's your, it's your the lack of purity into your heart. It's your repentance in your heart and, and your holiness inside that God wants. The, these are not the guidelines to make you pure. These are the guidelines to remind you that you need to be pure. Amen. Amen. And they took it to the extreme. I can't help but think about in the Pentecostal church how I was raised. We were, we were never taught to reach sinners. We were only taught to separate ourselves. Separate yourself from the world. That's why you couldn't go to the movies. I went anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bishop. Uh, uh, you know, you couldn't, you shouldn't go to the movies. Then you shouldn't have a lot of worldly friends. And, and you know, you shouldn't be speaking to people who don't love God. You don't be on the phone with them. You don't hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, it, and my thought goes, but how can we be salt and light yes, if we're amen. not? If amen. We, God, we are in the world. We're just not of the world. Amen. But amen. God, remember when Jesus prayed, "Don't take them out of the world." We prayed over his disciples, but but so. I've come from a background where I, I kind of understand is they're saying people who aren't good enough don't deal with them. So that's the background. So here it is. Jesus is in Tyre, and, and then this woman comes up to him. Kimberly, come on. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came, came and, and fell, and, and fell at, at his feet. feet. And so it says... In, in, in the first verse, or, or, the, or the seventh verse, it says he didn't want people to know he was in the house, and then so he went to this house, didn't want people to know, and then a woman heard about it. People were still talking, right? Here's Jesus. Jesus, it, it, when I look at Jesus, and I, I got to push on, I don't want to take too much time, but when I, it's so much in this, though. When I look at Jesus, he never wanted to bring a name to himself. Amen. He, he goes, don't tell people I'm here. Amen. Right. And, and and now I look at and I go, man, everybody and it's no I'm not knocking anyone, but everybody's online and everything and everybody's, you know, pushing themselves. And my hope is that you're just doing this to bless the people. You're not doing this to make any. See, Jesus never wanted to be known. I'm afraid that a lot of people want to be known. And he always says, don't say those. Don't say I'm great. Don't. Remember the guy came to him and says, you're good. Don't say I'm good, you know, and, and don't tell people I'm here. Jesus, every time he got a mega church, he blew it up. He didn't like it. And I go, man, we're not like that. I'm talking about, ugh, I'm talking about people like me. We like to be known. We like to be seen. We like our faces on the marquee when they do conferences, and you're one of the speakers. Hmm. <laughs> we love when people like our posts and we love when people just you know say oh we're so glad you're here and here's Jesus going I don't want none of that that's another subject 
So here it is, the woman falls at his feet, and when she falls at his feet, this is a sign of her respect to Christ, but it's also a sign of her being down and out. She's just, she just falls at his feet just tired. And that word little doesn't mean, I looked it up, it doesn't mean that she was young. It means that she was dear or she was very loved. My, it, was, it, so it probably was whose daughter who she loved so much. Was, we don't know how old she was, but we don't, I don't think she was a baby or she, was not, she wasn't that little. She was older. And, and, she, and she fell at his feet, just tired, and yes, out of respect, but also out of desperation and being tired. Come on, Kimberly. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. Now, why did they take time to go into where this woman was from and her background and her heritage? Because they're trying to see that this woman was not a Jewish woman. See, because he's not at home. He's in another land now. She, she's someone who, who, who is not one who is, is the worthy ones of, of, of a Jewish descent. She's, she's a Greek woman, and she was born in Syria. She was a Syrian, and she came to Jesus anyway, and she said, there's a demon in, in my daughter. They took time to say what she was for a reason. Go. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dog. So here it is. She, she busts in and she falls at his feet. She goes, my, my loved daughter, I love my daughter so much, and demons are on her. And, and, and Jesus looks down. He sees all this, looks down, and he says something that's so not Jesus. He, he goes, wait, first. Now, he remember, he just had the argument with the, with the Pharisees telling them that anybody can be worthy and, and cleanliness is not based on you being a Pharisee or not. And then he goes, lady, let them eat first. Let them eat all they want. I didn't, I, I, I didn't really bring this for you, and I'm not taking this, all this bread they're getting, all this time that they get with me, all the anointing and, and all the Holy Spirit and all the stuff and the power and stuff that I have. I'm going to give that to them you don't give it to the dogs. So, now I don't care how you look at this, Jesus calls her a dog. A do Can you imagine coming to, hearing all the great things about Jesus and how compassionate he is, how caring he is, how powerful he is, people being healed, and you come, finally you get at his feet and he calls you a dog. Come on, Kimberly. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then she goes, yes, Lord, I am a dog. It's so much here. Let me, let me uh, take my time right here and I'll get done. When she goes, yes, Lord, she, she replies, yeah, Lord, I, I am. She realizes something. Remember they said the woman's heritage. This wasn't a racial thing that Jesus was talking about. But you would think it was. It was a theological thing. She picked up on the fact that I am not, you're right, I'm not worthy. What if she would have went, who you calling a dog? And here it is, I busted here, I heard all these stories about you, you're a fake. I'm out of here. They told me you were great. You told, no, she looked, she heard the dog statement 
and she didn't get offensive or defensive Amen. about Amen. it. Amen. She goes, I agree. Amen. I am a dog. I'm not worthy of anything. Yeah. I totally get it. You're totally right. I don't deserve a thing. So think about it. Jesus calls her a dog, which I'm sorry, all you dog lovers out there. Dogs were considered unclean. And here it is. Can you imagine being at the father's table and then you have the father, the mother, the three children and the dog sitting at the table? No. But usually the dog is hovering underneath the table. Some of you dog lovers might have the dog at the table. <laughs> but to most people, if the dog jumps up on the table when you're eating dinner, what are you going to do? Get down from this table because you're not clean. But most dogs hang around the table because you know what happens? Usually when a kid doesn't want something, they reach down and give it to the dog. (laughs) You better eat that piece of liver. And I don't know, liver. And so the kid takes the liver and hands it to Fido. Uh And she replies, yes, I am a dog. I do not deserve your love. And she's giving us a model of Christianity right here. Here's the model of Christianity. Mm -hmm. See, because Jesus says, if you see, you're blind. If you're blind, you see. If you think you're all right, you're condemned. If you think you're condemned, he says, all right. Amen. Now you get it. Remember when Elijah went to the temple and says, I am a man of unclean lips and everybody around me is unclean. Then the angel came and anointed. See, she's given us the model of how to come to Christ to say, Lord, I don't deserve it. Lord, I am not worthy. Lord, you're right. I am a dog. But then she does something else that we have to do. See, because it's not, Lord, I'm nothing I'm beneath you. I, I'm, I, have, I have no need. To, I mean, I shouldn't be in your presence. And it's not just that. It's also saying, but I know that your love and your grace is stronger than my doubt, my needs, Amen. stronger than my faults, stronger than my lack in character. Amen. See, you can't just say, yes, I am not worthy. And then you have to say after that, but I know that your grace and your love is enough. Yes, hallelujah. She, she could have just walked away and says, okay, I'm a dog. You're right. I'm not worthy. I'll see you later. Excuse me, I'm leaving. Let me out. She didn't do that. She goes, I know, but even dogs get to eat something. Our master has, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The master has so much that even after the children eat, there's still enough for dogs. And I'll still be satisfied. My mind goes to this total chick flick. It's called Sabrina. I don't even know how I ended up watching it, but you know, Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford is, Ford is this tycoon, and he's got a lot of money, and then he falls in love with the chauffeur's daughter, and they're really, they're really, they don't have a lot of money and everything. 
And, that, and so she leaves him and runs off somewhere. I think she went to Paris or something. And then he, he uh, Harrison Ford finds the father and, and he says, I'm looking for your daughter. And then the father goes, you are not worthy of her. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford goes, you're right. I'm not worthy of her. Even though I'm rich, even though I'm power, I'm the powerful one, even though you guys are really nothing from a financial standpoint and from a worldly standpoint, he goes, I don't deserve her. I just need her. And then he goes, he tells her where the daughter is. What if Harrison Ford would have went, when he goes, you're not worthy, he goes, what? I'm not worthy? You know who I am. You know what I'm made of. You know what I'm sitting on. The father would have been like, you're not, see, you'll never love her right. Yep, amen, amen, amen. So she goes, yes, I'm a dog. Mm -hmm. I understand that this isn't racial, it's theological. Mm -hmm. Next verse. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She just goes, man. That's pretty good. Just go home. Your daughter's fine. Now, Jesus didn't go with her, didn't lay hands on the daughter or anything, right? Right, right. All right, let's move on to the next encounter with Jesus. Keep going. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Demon was gone. So that means that Jesus' word was enough. Here's another encounter. Come on. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, mm-hmm. down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of Des- Despolis. We'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> and so he goes down to another region. He's still in the land of Gentiles. Yeah. Next verse. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And then here it is. These people ran and brought Jesus, this deaf man, who could hardly speak because he was deaf. And when you're deaf, you can't talk well because you can't hear yourself while you're talking. So you can't really really hear how you're pronouncing it. So they brought this deaf man and says, would you lay your hands on him? Next verse. After he took him aside away from the crowd. And then this is what Jesus did. He took, hold on camera, he took the man aside. Away from the crowd, realizing something, that he has been a spectacle all of his life. Mm. Did they really bring him because they were concerned about him, or did they want to see a magic trick? Right, right. It's like they're taking this poor man who's been on, in their lives, all in their neighborhood, you know, that that's they went past every day, that, that they might have made fun of, might have mocked a little bit, and they rushed him into Jesus, and they goes, here, lay, let's see your magic. We heard you can do magic. I don't think it was that they loved this man so much. Mm. I think it was because Jesus would have let them see the healing. No, it was because he's been a spectacle all of his life. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus takes him private. He says, okay, let me go. T- come in this room with me. And then Jesus, some kind of way, with sign language, he takes the scared man who doesn't know what's going on, who everybody's been pushing around all his life. And he puts his finger, he goes, listen, I'm going to do this. And in some kind of way, I can see him doing sign language. I'm going to pray to God, and I'm going to do these things. It's okay, it's okay, don't worry. And he puts his fingers into the man's ears, 
spits on his, uh, 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 he put spitting, and touched the man's tongue with his, and that sounds kind of bad, especially now with mm -hmm. social distancing. Right. But, but he does that, and, and he touches the man's tongue, and he spits on his fingers, touches the man's tongue. Mm -hmm. Next verse. He looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh. And he sigh. looks up to heaven with a deep sigh. And he says a word which means be open. And here it is, that deep sigh, I looked at that. He looked... He, he had total compassion for this man. Amen, amen. The scared man. Here it is. I'm like, Jesus, wait a minute. You called the woman a dog and you gave her a hard time. And then here it is, this man who didn't even ask for you to heal him. You have all this gentleness and this, this compassion. Amen. And then I got corrected and it was like Noah had compassion for both. Yes. Because when I encounter someone, I, I have total compassion because I give them what they need. Amen. Hallelujah. The woman needed to be challenged. Because think about it. She burst in there, which women didn't do. Right. Right? She was already a she was already a woman that had her dukes up all the time anyway. Amen. See, because how did she burst into the house like that? Woman back then, you don't do that. Yeah. You couldn't even women weren't even allowed to talk to Jewish uh, uh, Pharisees. Couldn't even talk to them. And here it is, she's like, forget the rules. Forget all that. Um, and Jesus gives her a hard time. Amen. See, you need to be humble. Yes, amen. I know your love for your daughters brought you here, and your faith in me has brought you here. But see, you're, you know what? I want you to say you're not worthy. Amen. But then here's this man who doesn't even ask. And Jesus has all this compassion, and he goes, he looks to the heaven. And let me tell you something about this deep sigh. It's a dirty little secret for people who help a lot of people. You know what it is? You begin to disconnect mentally, so it won't bother you. You begin to disconnect your, your compassion. You begin to bottle it some, so you have just enough where you'll listen, and you'll hear what they got to say. But after you hang up, you're just done with it. It doesn't even really matter. It's, it's a deep secret for those who help other people. Hmm. This lady, I get, I get so many radio calls now. And, pe and when people look for me and I don't know them, it just freaks me out. I'm like, I don't know you. How do you? Well, you know, because you heard me on the radio. But anyway, and so this one little lady, she calls, she, was, she started calling me like every other day. And then, I, and then I would take the call and she would go, hey, I won't say her name. It's, um, I just thought, it's, it's Shirley. And I'm, her name ain't Shirley, but, and, and I would go, hey, Shirley, and she would go, oh, just, Pastor Keenan, I'm just calling, and I just wanted to tell you, my, my, I'm still not back with my family, my family doesn't like me, and, and then I reach out to my church, and they just ignore me, and I just love my church so much, I try to call my pastor, and I keep missing them, and I'm sitting there, okay, okay, then after like the sixth time, I'm like, this lady keeps calling me like I'm her friend, like I'm one of her friends. And I caught myself and I went, you're her only friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Mm. Here I am thinking, this little creepy little white lady <laughs> keeps calling me 
like we're cool and she starts off, Pashkin is so good to talk to you. I'm just, I just thought I'd update you on my day. And I'm thinking, well, all I gotta do. And then I'm thinking, I'm on lockdown. What do I have to do? Amen. And, and I go, wait a minute. I'm not one of her friends. I'm her only friend. Amen. So she called me yesterday. And I go, hey, Shirley. And she goes, Pastor King, I just let you know I feel great today. Amen. And I went, you know what? You made my day. Amen. And she goes, really? I'm like, yes. Let me tell you something, Shirley. I love you. I love you too. Good. Get off my phone. <laughs> so this, he, the deep side is Jesus saying this. My happiness is directly tied to your happiness. Hallelujah. Amen. Two situations. One, he gives the woman a rough time. This one, he shows all this love, care, not trying to make a spectacle out of them. And you know, they're both compassion. They're both Jesus giving you what you... Amen. Jesus comes to you the way he needs you. You need him to come to you. Yes. Exactly. Even though it's Amen. different. Amen. Amen. They're both compassion. Amen. Jesus goes, I have to help this woman see that she has to be humble. And then she, he says, I have to help this man see that you matter. If he could just say, go home, your daughter's good, he didn't have to do all that crap. He didn't have to stick his fingers in it, spit on his hand, touch. He didn't have to do all that. What was he doing it for? He was just doing it for the man to show him that, I know you've been a spectacle. You've been a laughing stock. People don't care about you. I do. Amen. I know you, they told you the stories about me and, and how multitudes have followed me, but right now I'm just concerned about you. He could have said, don't even bring him in. Let his eyes be open. Let his... But see, he wanted the man to see that he took this big sigh. And he says, I want, this, I want you to see that I love you and I care about you. Amen. Amen. I could have just said, yes, I could have just said, eyes be open, mouth speak, bam, it would have happened. But I'm doing this because I care about you. I love you. Two different situations. Amen. Both of them very compassionate. Next Amen. verse. At this, the man's ears were opened, mm -hmm. his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Of course he did. This is Jesus. Next verse. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. And they kept telling everybody about it. Now, on one hand, it's good because that's how we should be. You, when the Lord really touches your life, you have to tell amen, somebody. Everybody amen, say amen, amen to that. You can't shut up. You're like, no, you have. Remember the woman at the well? You got to come. The woman at the well caused a revival. Amen. She says, you have to come see this guy. Yeah, amen. But Jesus' heart is don't tell everybody. Don't, I don't want people to think that I'm. And I go, man, that is so not like us preacher guys today. We want you to tell everybody. We want you to share all our posts. And mm -hmm. we, want you, we want to make sure you watch our video. 
And people are going, well, Kenan, that's how it gets out, right? You don't have anything against that. No. I just, I'm just saying, what's the motive? That's all. Just, yes, get it out there. We, now the word is, is shared online and, and emails and videos. You got to get the word. Word still has to go out. God has given us an avenue where we can still get the word out. But why are you doing it is the thing that we should all be haunted by every morning we wake up. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Here's Jesus going, don't tell people. And they go, no, we're telling people. <laughs> people were overwhelmed. They were amazed. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear, and he makes the mute speak. Amen. Amen. So I go, man, the woman comes, you call her a dog. And that was compassion. The man doesn't come. You just grab him and you do all these theatrics that you didn't have to do just to show him. And what it really comes down to is your love is linked to our love. Your happiness is linked to our happiness. If we're not happy, you're just not happy. It brings to more light of Emmanuel, right? God with us. It, it brings it more closer. He, he's so with us that his joy and his happiness and all those things are linked to ours. Amen. So he goes, man, if Kim's not happy, I'm just not happy. If Mark's not happy today, I'm not happy. If, it, it, see, it's, it's totally linked. He goes, if you're not good, I'm not good. Amen. That's powerful. And so closing, it also makes us think. Because this little lady who she calls, I can hear, I can hear, I can kind of hear myself going, are you not happy because she's not happy? Even though you don't know her, she does nothing for you. You don't even know what she looks like. You know, you can, you can, you can say a bunch of spiritual stuff and you can, you can give her all the, because I know all the words. I know all the things to say to make people. It's kind of like being a funeral director, right? And they do, that's all they do is funerals. And then families come in and they're crying. And I'm sure, and it's not no knock on funeral directors. And I'm sure they go, oh, it's okay. It's okay. They're with God now. Everything's. But then the next one comes in and they go, it's okay. They're with, they're with God now. I'm, I'm sure they have compassion, but I'm sure they have to be callous to it to a point right. to where they, I got oh no, get this family out, get the next one in. And I go, man, right now I pray that we have that kind of, we can take a side with each other and say, man, I just, something's not right with one of us, then not all of us aren't right. If, Amen. If, if this person is hurting, then I'm hurting too. And man, this person don't have something, then you know, hey, I'm not going to just pray. I'm going to try to figure it out to help them out. I, the word Emmanuel comes to life. Amen. Because it's not just I'm with you and physically and I walk with you and talk with you. I'm with you emotionally and where you are. Yes, I'm going to still be Jesus. And after I get done helping you, I have to go help the next. But right now, at this instant, he takes this big sigh with this man. He goes, as if to say, oh, I just, I need him to. I just want him to be okay. Amen. Even though he could have just spoke the word. Amen. 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 My prayer is that we begin to sigh for each other. 
Father, I give you glory and praise, and I thank you, Lord. Satan is hovering around us now, around our, our families, around everything that we believe and trust in. He's hovering around our relationships, and hovering around our, our belief systems. And he's speaking to people's hearts, speaking to ours even. He's trying to beat us down mentally and physically. But Lord, I thank you that your grace is enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you have given us a peace that, you know, the world just will never understand. And I thank you that our joy is not linked to our happiness. Our joy isn't based on if we're happy or not. Our joy is based on if you deem us to be worthy or not. And we are your children, and we understand that. And, we, and that gives us rest, and that gives us the courage that we need to wake up and deal with another day. And, Lord, some of us are really going through. And, Lord, some of us just aren't going through. It's just mental. We just mentally are tired. We just mentally want things to go back to where they were. We just mentally want to get out and do whatever we have to do. But maybe you just slowed us down. Slowed us down because our lives are too busy. Maybe you, maybe you got to the place, maybe it's compassion. Maybe some of this is compassion that, that, that we've been so busy and we ran so much from you and we, we had, we're so busy doing other things that you have slowed us down now. And now all we have to do is wake up every day and go, okay, Lord, uh, what you got going on? Because I don't have anything going on. Lord, we will wait till you finish this. And we will wait in peace. We will wait with joy. We will persevere. But Lord, we thank you and praise you, Lord. Before we implode, before Satan gets the best of us, because you will not put more on us than we can bear. You will relieve us of this situation. But we will be better for it on the other side. I pray that our church will be stronger. I pray that our churches around the country will be stronger. I pray that the love of the body of Christ, not just church houses, but the body of Christ will grow stronger. I pray, oh God, that your people will trust in you instead of worldly systems. So, Lord, we give you glory and praise. Thank you for protecting us. They said horrible things about Jesus. They tried to trap him every chance they got. You think I care about who likes me and who doesn't? Jesus, in fact, Jesus says, they hate me, they're going to hate you too. So maybe if they don't hate you, it might be a problem. That's a message for another time. So Lord, we thank you and praise you. Give you glory and praise for blessing us for full potential ministry for Detroit House of Judah. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.